Welcome to another edition of the Tier Red Podcast. I am Philip Schmitz, and this week for the NASCAR side, I had Pride of Wyoming on and Savage Grizzly on. Talked all things NASCAR at Nashville over the weekend for the uh, Cup Series, the Xfinity Series, and a little bit of the Truck Series. Talked about Silly Season with Martin Truex Jr. and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and other stuff that we might see for the remainder of 2022 for news. And we talked about hockey. Uh, the Stanley Cup Finals ended last Sunday with the Colorado Avalanche winning four games to two over the Tampa Bay Lightning. We talked about being fans of our respected teams and why we follow them and what we think about them now and maybe going forward. And we close with uh, kind of a YouTube video I saw uh, watching Navy fighter jet pilots land on a aircraft carrier that was a pitching deck and kind of gave a question of what's the most challenging thing one could be in a race car. So had that and plus a lot more. Uh, Tune in and I hope you enjoy it. So I don't know about y'all, but um, I was kind of like a kid the other day. What's the last time y'all bought a die cast? Like at the store? Can Man, oh, we used to sucks. be able to find those in Walmart. Yeah. And they, don't, they don't make them anymore with like the Hot Wheels brand. So, yeah. Oh, what about you? What about you, Wyoming? I haven't bought a, a um, die cast in forever. I was seriously considering it when I was in Walmart a few days ago. I almost saw a AJ Allmendinger 2021. Uh, indie road course and mm-hmm. i i was this close to buying it i did it but i was this close to buying it i only mentioned it because uh, i did buy that said car uh i bought two of them i bought one for home and one for work and then i bought the ryan blaney coke uh 400 daytona car because uh i was at that race i believe the last time um the last time i bought a die cast wasn't actually for um myself it's last time i was at the nascar hall of fame i bought a couple of mark martins for my dad because that was always his favorite or he was always my dad's favorite driver uh i got a handful of those at the house so uh savage what you been up to these last couple of weeks oh well i mean I finished up the replay uh congrats uh-huh. on that by the way i uh, appreciate it but um um yeah, I think it's one for every series. Uh, I hadn't won a truck series championship until this past one. Came close, but uh, our old buddy Katra, uh, she beat me uh, <laughs> that championship. But the Xfinity one, I did have to fight for that one at home set against her. That one was not easy. Um, and then the cup one was like season one, season two. Um yeah, it was, it, was, it, it was good because, you know, at one point I was like down 200 points in the championship, I want to say. And then I just I don't think I finished worse than fourth except Martinsville, which I had a horrible race. A horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bad we got lapped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't normally get lapped. There was one time I was doing the um for the Martinsville race back in the old um league we had where i won that one championship like that race zach dominated it so much and it was so needlessly long like they decided that race would be a good idea to try a 50 percent length race i finished the lap down and still and wrecked twice with no caution coming out and i still finished it i remember, I remember that. that 
because while one Daytona, yep, Phoenix, yep, they did Martinsville, and then I believe Zach next race too in a grizzly. It was like a grizzly sweep. We were finished one, two, three every race. Like I. I think at one point at that Martinsville race before I lagged out, which that's the only NASCAR heat race mm-hmm. I've ever worn gloves. Because Jesus, I, <laughs> I that's the only one I, I ever did. It was Zach, me, you. Caesar was up there for a bit, but it was like we were just like all up front. Then I lagged out. I was like, oh, this sucks. I think I lagged out like at the end of stage one or end of stage two. <laughs> that was um. That was, uh, I mean, that year was the first because even though I didn't win a well, I'll get to that in a second, but um, I okay, you guys remember how that league ended with that race at Charlotte where only like five people showed up? Yeah, yeah, so, we, I mean, we, if you count that, I mean, that was the first time in any league I'd ever been in because when I took the jump from just midfielder to like genuine championship contender, I didn't have well. I won that Charlotte race, but I didn't really have a full field win. But I, I was consistent enough to be like in the lead group of points all year, but then it just ended. I mean, you finished right behind me in the 500 until, oh no, I think until the last, like turn four, then you tried to make a move on the outside, which you should have. I should have. Um, um, I forget who. <laughs> I forget who. I don't was, but, um, basically the person behind it was like the whole stupid ford versus toyota thing and the person behind me just decided yeah it was sleazy yeah he decided he would have rather finished than go for the win and maybe maybe get it maybe come in third but yeah yeah well it was nice to have friends well nascar was at nashville over the weekend uh the cup race that was six hours long because mother nature said we just couldn't have something straightforward um Savage, what's your first thoughts uh, looking back at the cup race? That was a great race. I mean, like, I have to TV for a bit because that rain delay, but uh, got some shots. <laughs> it was a great race. Like, yeah. I, I, honestly, the, it, it comes. And, yeah. A few times there wasn't any. I am assuming you're alluding to the one at the end. And yes, and uh, you've seen some, and I, and I think it's true. If they were, yeah, Elliot saved the day for Hendrick because in the span of well, Larson was pretty much. I mean, I think he got a top ten, but he was nowhere nearly up front. Oh. Bowman, oh yeah, no, by by far. Uh, But you know, in the span of what two laps, you have Byron. uh, He has a toe link issue, I think, after he made contact with Chase Elliott, which I don't blame Chase. Just three cars in one spot. I forgot who was on the inside of Chase. And then literally a lap later, uh, Coyle Joy says, "Hey, Alex Bowman, I know you're here for uh, a race, but uh, your day's over, pretty much." (laughs) So uh, Elliott saved the day. Uh, what about you, Wyoming? What was your first, uh, take on it? Um, I mean, if I take my personal bias aside, I thought it was a good race. Um, I mean, no offense to Larson or his fans. I mean, him dominating the race last year wasn't that fun to watch. I think this race mm-hmm. this year was a lot better in terms of just 
okay, I say parody. It was the three Gibbs cars versus Elliott, and that was pretty much it. But um, include Harvick, though. Remember, I guess Harvick. Uh, uh, Harvick was up there. I think. I think. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you about um how like it, if if Chase Elliott isn't leading, especially if he's in like second or third, I definitely think they throw a caution there. But um, I you can't give you can't take too much away from Elliott in that last 50 laps or so he was by far the best car out there um it sucks a little because as a Kyle Busch fan throwing like also talking about Vegas and Dover I feel like this is the third race this year you could argue they lost on bad strategy but whatever um it was (laughs) no it was a good race uh it was a decent finish although um I'll give I'll give Again, like I said, Chase Elliott is credit. I don't know if it was adjustments they made or just getting lucky with the rain, but the car was like got better and better as the race went on. They finally made a good pit strategy call at the end of a race. So, yeah. Well, I mean, to help that, you know, him and 11 other cars stayed out with four to go. I, I think mm-hmm. Kyle, would, you know, they were kind of screwed because it seemed like once the run started off, Kyle would just fly away. There was at one point we had a three-second lead. And then it's like his car would flip a switch and yeah, just all of a sudden go away. While at the same time, Elliot's car would flip a switch and or his Truex. car would come to life. Or Truex as well. I, I, I don't – yeah. Uh, I think if you're Kyle there, you're having a restart with, what, four to go, three to go. You've already been caught by Elliot. And uh, – You got to play for the track position when you got a short-run car. That is true. Um I, I don't think they were banking on so many cars staying out. Yeah, which is a little weird. The talk, sorry, Grizzly, you want to go? No, 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 you talk, you talk. Like the talk, I mean, the whole talk of the, um, uh, which was surprising to me because the whole talk of the race was like tire wear not being as big a factor as really anyone, everyone thought it would be. Like the whole, I mean, with four to go on a track that, um, that's not short, short, but on a track that's short with three, four to go, you got to figure when tire wear hasn't been that big an issue all race, you got to figure a lot of people are going to be staying out, I think. True. Um, yeah. And he didn't actually fall that back that far. That was before. Because after the rain, track was cool. The weather was cool. Everything was cool. It wasn't blazing hot. So I think the cars that were the fastest in the daytime really couldn't keep up in the, in the night. Like, yeah, I mean Hamlin, Harvey was back, and who and it, McDowell. Yeah, yeah. McDowell has been on a little bit of a heat streak. I mean, it's kind of odd to say someone that won the Daytona 500 last year. You know, he yeah. won the Daytona 500 last year. It made the playoffs last year, but this year he's been borderline top ten as of late. Like. He might, if, if he can just hold his own, he could point his way into the playoffs if other factors happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, last year, though, he had, he won Daytona. He got top 10, a top yeah. 10, a top 10, and then a top 10. Five top 10s in a row. He was on. A- I think he finished like, I think he finished like fifth at Homestead. Yeah. Okay. It's like, I have numbers pulled up for you. I'm not sure I would count on him pointing his way in. If, as of right now, 
McDowell is with how many races do we have till the sh- till the chase? Nine, eight, something like that. As of something like that. McDowell is ninety-seven points below the cut line. Well, I mean, it's think of Kurt Busch last year. That's true. I mean, true. I'm not saying I'm not saying front row is going to find that Chip Ganassi magic that the one had last year, but I mean, I think Kurt Busch last year is a prime example of even before he won Atlanta, he basically vaulted in one month from hey, you're in a must-win situation. To, hey, actually, this guy might point his way in. So. I'm pretty sure he would have gotten in even if he didn't win that Atlanta race. Uh, I mean, this was about that time of year. Uh, they went to Pocono, Atlanta um, last year where Kurt Busch just seemed to light the world on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, my take is... Did you, watch, did you watch the race like, where they were talking to all the drivers and stuff? I was actually doing iRacing. Oh. Oh, okay. They did. And it was actually quite a funny conversation because he goes, so are you shifting in the corners? And he goes, are you guys shifting? And he's like, well, we're going to have to talk after this is off air. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to point. I'm going to have in. Like, he's ready for real. Of course, Tona, like, he's got a lot of tracks he can win at. And look at Sonoma or what's or Somewhere around there. Like, he's a good... On that note about McDowell, too, again, this might not seem like it on paper because he did win the Daytona 500 last year, but after those first couple races last year, he kind of faded back to being like a midfield driver. In my opinion, I believe that McDowell is having a significantly better year than he did last year. Which again might it, it's hard to say that with the Daytona 500, but well, like, I mean, he's more consistently been a top ten to fifteen driver this year. Yeah, I mean the numbers are there. <laughs> um, my thing about Nashville is why are we starting a race five p.m. Eastern <laughs> on a Sunday? What are you talking about over here? It was- but okay, I, I understand that. But I mean, we it was five writing. o'clock over here. Yeah, it was five. I'm not. In, I'm, I know the West Coast is important, but two p.m. I, start time for the West Coast. I, I mean, I mean, because you know, DBC was right. Thank God that Nashville had lights because if they didn't, oh. we're, we're finishing on Monday. You know, and <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, West Coast is West Coast, but I'm, I'm sorry, a cup race shouldn't start no later than two p.m. On a Sunday Eastern, um, and and the why I say that is, hey, the NFL has noon games, and you know the West Coast, they, you know Seattle or Arizona, whoever, they'll be on the East Coast playing at noon. So I mean, I I just, I, you know, luckily Nashville had lights, but uh, you know, hopefully that can get fixed. Man, I remember watching races. Remember watching races. Oh, yeah. It would be Pacific time. It would probably be like, what, 2 o'clock your guys' time? Pre-race starts at 10, 9.30. Like, it was a build-up. It would start at 10, you know, like, it can start at 12, too, sometimes. Like, yeah. But like, 11 or 10.30. And it sucks. It feels like to go to a race that lasts. Like it sucks to just even sit in grandstands at that point. Oh, I've been in those. 
<laughs> like, I mean, there was a. I, I think the first. I think the first official Texas night race was a race in 05. It was supposed to start at three, and it did not start till like seven. Hey, they had the two, 2014 Pepsi 400 at Daytona, or it was a Coke 600 uh, at Daytona. Um, that race started at 11 p.m. The race where Austin Dillon flipped and crashed. That was, I mean, I was at, um, I wasn't at home watching that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, but no, but here's the thing like, we, Nashville next year. I'll ask you to this because I'm, I wonder what you all's take because we kind of saw both versions of this Nashville day race or Nashville night race, Wyoming. Um, I think Nashville would be better off as. Honestly, I must say better off as oh, that's a tough one. I think better off as a probably probably a day race because like as much as I think it should be a night race, I think in my own opinion, with the exception of really Kyle Bush, Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott and somewhat Kevin Harvick, but not like by the time we hit night, not really like the actual battle for the lead was a lot more contested during the day. Um, They're like, there were people coming and going. There were good five, six, seven cars staying in the lead group. Um, And it might have something to do with the car because the race last year during the day sucked. But um, I think, and it's too small a sample size, half, half a race. I mean, half a race in the day, half a race at night. That's um, true. I think, if you're going to make, and I'll say what everyone's thinking, if you're going to make it a night race, have it on Saturday night. Don't have the cup race starting at 5 p.m. Eastern on a Sunday. Well, um, the only I would say if there's like perhaps like this weekend where Fourth of July is on a Monday, you could make okay, that that's work. True. Yeah, you could make that work. But I get your point, um, Savage. That's a tough one because to be honest. It was really fun watching the drivers get out of those cars on Saturday. Getting towed away. Like, yeah. On his, or, like, ice bags on his feet. Like, that wasn't fun to watch. Like, that, that's... The pain that during that isn't getting that for that long. And, like, a night race, it looked good. It looked way better than it did in the day. But go ahead and run. Run. I mean, we. I thought night was. It's going to be. Think in the long run, for even the drivers and the team, like for the actual. A like a night race is better in Nashville. That's too hot of a place. I percent. It's too hot of a place. Go in the daytime. Well, that and you know they don't allow them to have their own coolers, so well, yeah, that's in like fan coolers. Like, yeah, I, like that's not. Even I mean, that's not, I I agree. I think everyone. I hope everyone would agree. But I mean, that's a different argument, though. I mean, that, that's a, so that's like, an that's a my. Yeah, uh, let's go to some notables for the race. Um, well, well, you know, before we. I, I don't want to do a quick detour. I'm saying that we have we have one vote for a day and one vote for a night. What do you think, Zewell? Yeah, what? Yeah, uh, uh, I would honestly vote for a night because 
you know, if you're not going to have the fans bring their own coolers and have their own refreshments, using clear bags to, no, uh, I would vote for night race. Now, who knows? Maybe that policy will change next year. But I would vote for a night race. Um, I thought the racing was still good at night. Um, we don't really have any night racing anymore. We had the Bristol Dirt Race, but Richmond, that was a day race. I mean, we don't have a night date really anymore. We used to have a bunch of them kind of back in the day. So I, I, I love the night race. Yeah. So um, we have Daytona, Bristol. Yeah. Daytona, Bristol, and Martinsville in the spring. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> was the only. That is the and, only um, one. And well, the Southern Five Hundred, and that's about it. But that's on yeah. a su- Sunday, oh. and like, yeah, that's that's a that's a transition race too. It's not a night race. It's a race that starts during the day and ends at night because it's so long. <laughs> True, and you know, like the Southern <laughs> Five Hundred and the Coke Six Hundred, you know. The following Monday is a holiday, so people are not really. Some have work, but most don't. Um, right. you know, we ca- yeah, uh, we kind of touched on you know who looked good, who struggled. Uh, JGR, yeah, the Toyotas were fast. Um, Hendrick, outside of Chase, uh, they had a night that they probably want to forget. Trackhouse looked impressive. Um, Wyoming, who else did you uh, notice that was impressive for you or um, also struggled as well? I do want to mention, like, harp on one more thing. I do think it was um, impressive. As, well, granted, they had a week off, so that does help. But it was impressive about how the Toyotas, after having such an awful week in Sonoma, rebounded that quickly. Again, the week off probably helps, but still. I think who I was really impressed by, like you said, um, well – mcdowell's an easy choice um i think too we kind of touched on him a little bit but i want to give kevin harvick some some more attention here too harvick is in a like a a situation where he very much might not make might not make the playoffs he's the last driver in he's gonna have quite a hole to dig himself out of if somebody below him wins at some point uh but nashville last year was around the time kevin like it wasn't as bad as it was this year, but Nashville last year, because Eric Almarola was good. Yeah. Uh, Chase Briscoe was looking all right before he got wrecked. Uh, Cole Custer sucks, but okay, that's that's a little harsh, but you know what I mean. Um, I, I mean, wanna, you're not wrong. I want to give some I like attention to Blaney was doing all right. Cindric was running well. I mean, the Fords play, did really well, um, considering they've been, I think, the pretty clear-cut number three manufacturer this year. I think the Fords look great. Um, I, uh, especially with um, especially with Loudon coming up, I could see one of them win winning there. Um, but I wanted to give some more attention to Harvick. I mean, he was in the top five pretty much all race. I think he set fastest lap of the race. Uh, there's a chance that if the race never gets rain delayed and finishes uh, during the daytime, maybe he would have won. But Harvick wasn't quite this bad. But Harvick had a pretty bad first half last year too. And Nashville is around the time that he picked it up um, last year as well. Uh, Loudon and Atlanta coming up are two of his better tracks. Well, uh, old Atlanta. I don't, Atlanta, I don't think he's sure in Atlanta. Yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you you're not the only one that has that problem, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I completely <laughs> forgot. Um, Loudon, though. I would be I would be surprised if Kevin Harvick is not a, at least in the top five. I think he could be a factor to win that race. Um, I, and I think looking at, with the exception of maybe Daytona, 
because Kevin Harvick's been better at super speedways than he gets credit for recently. I think of all the races left before the chase, I think New Hampshire's his best chance to win. The problem is his teammates, Eric Gamarola, who runs very strong there. <laughs> Eric, I was going to say, Eric is in the exact same boat as him. So Yeah, I mean, there's a good possibility. I mean, with 14, or I'm sorry, 12 different winners, we might only see one Stuart Haas racing car in the playoffs with, I mean, I mean if a Tyler think, Reddick wins, if we get a double win. Think about it, too. Like you said, the right Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, Bubba Wallace, or you even get like a Busher or a McDowell at, Road America or the Indy Road Course, not again. Anybody well, could win at Daytona. Anybody could win at Daytona. So, I mean, uh, I'll say what I want about Busher later on because Road America, as you mentioned, is coming up. Uh, Savage, what about you? Well, I think uh, I'm just looking at the, the starting or the fishing results. And honestly, Blaney, Blaney showed a really good race. Uh, he wasn't so and then he spun and once he spun that dude ran himself back to the front like that was really really impressive um he's i think blaney's having a good year and i'm really kind of i'm i'm for him i'm really hoping he goes farther in this championship than he does last yeah the first round doesn't I have to take a look at what the playoff races are, but notoriously the first round hasn't been ideal for him because until actually this year, he actually reigned okay at Richmond. Richmond has been one of his worst tracks of his career. Yeah. Um, Even he would acknowledge that. But, I mean, I agree. For someone that hasn't won yet, Blaney, and same as Truex, they're overdue. Um, I was about to say Truex, because, like, honestly, Truex, I was so sad when he didn't. I wanted him to win that race so bad. I I love Truex wins. I don't really like when the rest of the Toyota win. <laughs> Sorry, but that's not. Uh, but when Truex wins, he's got something special in my heart. Uh, well, not just being Cole Pern. I love to say. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like honestly, looking at the running over here, there's. Four, seven, seven four in a row. Dylan, and then another Ford, and then another Ford. As a whole, like I, as a I, as exact as I could. <laughs> Ford in a whole is letting their drivers down a hundred percent. Because honestly, yeah, after this seen... race, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, they've been kind of, you would say, of all the manufacturers, uh, not the one that's been up front the most. Uh, yeah, I mean, Blaney and Truex are both having decent seasons despite having no ones. I mean, Blaney's third in points. He's one yeah. point behind Chastain for second. I have it pulled up right here. And Truex is seventh. He's three points behind the defending champion. So they're both having good seasons. I know, they are. Um, I'll tell you, I know he's getting a lot of critics, too. I would say someone that's getting, well, some criticism over the radio, which, oh, by the way, um, anyone that's listened to Kyle Bush on the radio, it's nothing new. Um, I have to say, I have to give a shout out to Bubba Wallace. Um, I think he passed the most cars than anyone else all, all race. He had to start in the back or in the race itself. He, I think, went through the field twice. 
And I mean, if it wasn't for him having to pit for a Lewis wheel, he probably is going to be near where Kurt Busch is. He's probably going to be solidly in the top 10, if not maybe the top five. So I I'll have to give a shout out to Bubba. Do what? Say something about that. Because he, he kind of ruined. Well, like, I mean, that's. Bubba, Bubba's a good guy. I will admit that. This team is completely oh, yeah. on death this season. I agree with Freddie. <laughs> Freddie, he's awesome. But man, they're not doing good. But. No. Stop. Right there. <laughs> God called part. I don't care. He should have got. I, he should have gotten black flag for that. Um, but then again, Ruined. then again, I don't really blame Bubba. I blame the crew chief for telling him to stop. Something else. Don't stop right there. That was. I don't. Don't. I. I. I don't disagree. It. Like, cause I mean, it's hard to. Cause like, I'll I'll throw out the other side of the argument. Cause it's the same thing. Um. Well, it's not the same thing, but it's similar to 2020 when Kyle Busch shot Chase Elliott at Darlington, and everybody <laughs> got on him for that. But if you go back and like listen to that race, and it might have been similar with Bubba Wallace here, Kyle Busch's spotter cleared him hot, like cleared him high. He said, "Hey, you go up, you'll be good." He went up, and he was not clear, and he turned Chase Elliott. The thing with that though is. When your spotter clears you, you move. If you hesitate, it is going to be worse than if you just it's, go. But um, it's, diff- it's different, it's though. Diff- when it, yeah. It's different when a crew chief tells you to stop. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. not quite, I can see that. That's not it's, quite the same thing. But, I mean, and that's for ones that struggled. I mean, do what? Did you hear what he said on the radio later? Oh, I heard. Uh, oh, that uh, was, was an interesting comment. <laughs> I mean, but hey, 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 Fernando Alonso in the middle of an F1 race can say no more radio. So, but then again, whatever. Like there's an hour of Kimmy, you know. Yeah. Everywhere. Oh, yeah. Kimmy and his uh, adorable use of the F word and in, in just ways that he can say is just hilarious. Um, in that act- switch. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun uh, when he, when, it'll be fun at Walk It's Fun when he's there. You know what? I didn't have this on the show, so let's talk about you that. You should what have added that. About? I should have, and I just, I'm doing it now. Yeah, we're out of um, here right now. Screw I'm it. Yeah, we're out of it, it, It's ad-lib. So, um, we've already, this has already been off the rails because Wyoming, you can't stay in here for more than 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why. Uh, what's your My, thoughts on that, though, Wyoming, of uh, Raikkonen being here uh, for Watkins Glen? Uh I, I, I think, I think, oh yeah, definitely. I think it's great. Um, I'm not as big into Formula One as some other people I know, but everyone I know who follows Formula One and NASCAR uh, is thrilled about it because one, two, like you said, um, part of it is uh, let's just say his charismatic personality. But very, very few thing people have anything bad to say about Kimi, and he also too. I mean, since he's well a retired formula one driver he can do what or he can go whenever i mean it makes sense to have him go first before anyone else because if it goes well it one like you said he can go whenever and two if it goes well people will say okay great this is a um like this is something that can go in the future but like even if he like doesn't have a great race they can just play it off as oh he's a retired formula one driver who hasn't driven 
recently. Let's just go to someone else. Like, I think, I mean, in my opinion, it's great because ignore what I just said. The fact that he is going to be there and be starting the race at all is a win. And honestly, I don't really think it matters where he finishes. I think the fact that he even shows up and races is a huge deal. I mean, Kimmy's retired. He, this is, I think, you know, why not have a go? There's no expectations. Why not? And he shows up. I mean, as outside of uh, handling Robin's, I think, motorcycle stuff, I don't know if he's done go-karts yet. He's been pretty much MIA on social media. Like, he's just been by himself. And just, I mean, we wouldn't expect, we would expect that from Kimmy. Like, I mean, you know, um, what are your thoughts, Savage? Man, are we just doing hand flexing chief and water in his ear? Oh, yeah, handle it here. He's got three all times. Like, I don't, I'm gonna, I'm waiting till they have an ink camera and he's unplugged his radio it's right there. Like, I, I, I'm excited. Kimmy is one of the drivers that you know, he just race everything. He's one of those guys that you know, you just you love, yeah. And, um, the fact that he's with Trackhouse is kind of cool. Like he, sorry, I'm counting Kimmy in to finish top ten at least. Like I'm not worried about him. I miss the old days of guys like Kimmy coming in with F1 or and coming into these in the day. Yeah. Like, Max Capuses and you know, those guys coming in. I'm surprised you didn't name. I'm surprised you didn't name your Canadian Ron Fellows. Uh, honestly, that was he's sad sometimes. Head up, fellows. I meant in NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, he just he was just. <laughs> I mean, he can't do any worse than Jack Villeneuve. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> That's why I said Ron. That's why I said Ron Fellows. <laughs> And Ron was actually, to his credit, Ron was actually a really good road course. He'd show up in the stock car, and I think mm-hmm. one year he finished second. Uh, I think to either Tony Stewart or Robbie Gordon. Um, I'm excited because uh, why not? We all love Kimmy and seeing Kimmy in a NASCAR. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone's going to love to talk to him, and uh, I'm sure he's going to love the environment. I don't think this is going to turn to Kimmy running, you know, a lot of races next year, but I think he could run a handful. Just wake up and say, eh, I might have a go. I'm interested to see who else goes into that car. Yeah. I like the track. Sure. Part of the they picked nine and one. Mm-hmm. 91. And now, this is exactly what we wanted. Lando Norris could come in. Lewis, Max Verstappen come in. Get the driver well, that like Lewis Hamilton was stoked to see everybody. One of those next time. Once he's retired, you can't do it now. I no. There's, but when he's retired, get him. You know. You know. Get drivers, indie drivers. You know that car should do. You know who I? You know who I would love to see and oh, or um, super speed is. This is my yeah. nostalgia talking above it. Like this is just my nostalgia talking. But I would love nothing else than to see Sam Hornish make a comeback. Oh, I I I would think if Hornish had any itch to scratch on racing, it would be SRX. I because yeah. I mean you're not wrong. I mean because Ryan Hunter Ray's now races SRX. 
Marco, Marco does it. Um, would not surprise me if Hilo Castro Neves, if Trackhouse, let's say, in theory, does the 500 with this car. Helio's been working to trying to get a Daytona 500 ride via through Camping World through SRX if he won a race. So I'm just Tony more interested in that. that. No, Tony's not racing. In the, he I, doesn't. I, Tony's I mean, not. Like, like, he has the cars and stuff Daytona. That's a car. Probably with Rick. Uh, it's a... <laughs> yeah, I think um, I'm going uh, to say this now just to have it on record that, I, that I'm going to say this. Justin Marks and Trackhouse Racing have done more for NASCAR in the last two years than the sanctioning body has in the last 20. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Justin Marks and, what, and Ty Norris and... Yeah, and just I everybody mean... over there. At track, just Trackhouse as a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could throw in what, what Justin Marks, what Ty Norris is doing, and Pitbull. He's not just, just some guy with a name with this team. No, he's actually paying attention and actually, you know, uh, with the team. So I, I don't disagree, and it, it's amazing to see what Trackhouse is. It's basically, to me, when I look at them, it's basically what DEI could have been if it still existed. In my I, mean, Swar- yeah. I mean, Suarez and Suarez and Chastain are two, like, Suarez is one of the most likable guys in the entire garage. And Chastain, too. I mean, he's aggressive, but, I, man, I he could be, honestly, he could be, and with how aggressive he drives, because it does rub some people the wrong way, but with his personality, with how he gets when he celebrates, he could be a less hated version of Kyle Busch if he hits his peak. No, and plus, oh, you know, I with Ross Chastain... <laughs> With Ross Chastain, he hasn't had anything handed to him. Exactly. Nothing. He had to earn to where he's at. And I at least appreciate that. You know, I, he's not someone that came. Do, oh, do it. No, no, you keep going, sir. Oh, um, for some reason, the, the, uh, this video thing is not been ideal tonight. I don't know if it's because people are a bunch of people are doing online. I don't know. Um, you know, he's self-made. He didn't come from a lot of backing. He didn't come from a lot of money. He had to earn his right. And all this also his road's been, you know, DC solar. He had a ride there mm-hmm. for what? 2019 that got taken away from him, had to rebuild himself a colleague. And then he got the opportunity at Chip Ganassi Racing. Oh, by the way, Chip Ganassi is closing their doors. Now he gets the opportunity at Trackhouse. I think this is the first time where Ross Chastain, and I think Justin Marks has even said this, like, dude, you're not fighting for your career anymore. You're good. Just drive. And I think, you know, I like that because we've seen a lot of kids come through here, and I say kids, a lot of guys that come in here with a lot of backing, a lot of funding, and get said rise when there's a lot of guys that, don't have those opportunities that never get the chance. Um, I, yeah. But um, it's not. So, because there's guys. DJ Kenton running races at Daytona and he funds all. He doesn't make a penny off of it. There's guys, you know, like Alex LeBay, which I've watched pretty stalker as like a little kid. And he's come up his own money and it's because the one can't get the money you know like it's like ross yes he has rubbed me wrong because he has had some 
things with Harvick, but um, yeah. Other than that, he's honestly smart. Racing your way into a ride, buying your way into. It would I never, agree. It would never because because Justin, perfect boss, is the best boss. Got an entertainer, and you got an inspired who got his race, a guy who's won. You're really good. And his racing answer, what, next week? Uh, I believe so. He's filling in yeah. for, I believe, Helio. He's like the best. It's like, I'll go back to Harvick. It's like, RCR called him up in that car. He called, he called Chess in that car. Like, that no matter what, I think he's going to be getting for like years. Like, it's I never yeah. this situation where he literally is his whole life at one time. Uh, he could very well do that. Um, let's go ahead and move forward. We could spend all day talking about the whole Reckon <laughs> yeah. 91 and options. Um, you alluded to how hot it was during the experience race on Saturday, uh, a race that was thoroughly dominated by Justin Allgaier. Um, I'm not surprised because he should have went at Dover, which is the other concrete track they go to. Um, I think the main talking point, though, from the uh, Xfinity race, Sam Mayer versus Ty Gibbs part two. Did you see it? What did you make of it, uh, Wyoming? I didn't catch as much of it as because um, I, I was out of town while the race happened, but I still didn't see this. Um, first thing I'm going to say, because it epitomizes Justin Allgaier's whole career. It's it's a dang shame that he absolutely dominates the race and he's not the main talking point after we're done. <laughs> but, um, that is true. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sam Mayer versus... I mean, both these guys... I'm going to have to go check the Xfinity standings when I say this, but aren't Mayer and Gibbs both like... Okay, Gibbs is obviously second, Sam Mayer's sixth. Um, Sam Mayer does not have a win, but they're both going to make unless something really weird happens they should both make the playoffs um i'm mostly curious to see if this spills over into a playoff race that's what i'm interested to see they've hated each other for more than a year this stems back from arco so there's your answer yeah i mean like <laughs> um, you thought I, martinsville was the first yeah, <laughs> well, martinsville wasn't the first <laughs> that's true but i mean like you know i mean i guess with um it makes sense that I I mean, I think this with Ty Gibbs, I'll just leave it at this. You're the one with three wins. You're the one who's second in points. Uh, I know it seems like no one likes Ty Gibbs, but um, I think, um, so I might ruffle a few feathers saying this. I think as of right now, you are the much more serious title contender. You are probably in on June 8th, 20, 28th, 2022, the better driver. You have a lot more to lose than Sam Mayer does by doing something stupid. Well, the thing is, it wasn't Ty that was actually forcing the issue this time around. Uh, Savage, did you take a look uh, watching it? And what did you think of it? So I don't see a problem with this. I think if he didn't hit him the second time, Gibbs is in the grass. But he hit him the second time, not in the grass. It worked out pretty well for Gibbs and me. It, 
and and yeah so i i thought it was i i like mayor i have i like i was i don't care how cry on tv and you like the helmet thing you talked right off right there yeah we talked about that when uh yeah, we did. Yeah, we, you were on that for that Martinsville. Um, yeah, he's a title contender. I will say this as I watched it. It was very reminiscent, uh, very similar to what happened to Gibbs and Ryan Sieg when Ryan Sieg crashed and, okay, Ryan Sieg retaliated. <laughs> I will say this, though, because we, we've seen Ty Gibbs, you know, in interviews and stuff. That was a very matured Ty Gibbs. And that was also a very matured Sam Mayer. I was like, sure. I was kind of surprised too. <laughs> uh, His grandpa must have been like, "Hey, kid, listen." And you must have sat down. Okay, you're, you need some UFC. <laughs> yeah. I think um, I'm a good nice yeah. about it. Yeah, I did. I did just see the little incident. I would go out on a limb here and say, I mean, when Mayor hit him the second time and technically got him the right direction, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that Mayor wasn't trying to help him there. But, but no, no and, and, and Mayor, Mayor was very right. smart. His crew was very smart saying, hey, let Gibbs go by the rest of like, Later yeah. on the race, Gibbs is coming. And, and they I'm told just, Mayor, just get out of the way. I'm going to go out on a limb there and guess that he wasn't doing that out of the kindness of his heart. Just saying. No. Um, I was like, that's great. I think. Yeah. I think Junior Motorsports is a full on title. Pass Gibbs, I think, as it. In the long run, Gibbs. Faith? I don't know if Gibbs, but he's doing. Where is his I think. I I think Gibbs. Gibbs is intentionally. I, I don't. I'm not saying he's doing this intentionally. I think Gibbs is just like, all right, I, I'm going to cool my jets and just not cause any headlines right now. Because you're right, he did make a lot of enemies. Oh, you can't make that many enemies in a short, especially because you're you have an enemy too. Yep. Gibbs. Yeah. Gibbs. If Gibbs gets her. Mayor comes up at some point. It's going to be Gibbs and Mayor. He's got an enemy following the whole himself. Yeah, we need more. We need more. We have some drivers who have gone back and forth. We need more, even in like the Xfinity series right now. We need more actual serious rivalries between drivers, and here's one of them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It'd be interesting to how that progresses. Uh, but the only note here is Ryan Priest run the truck race. Only thing I really noticed was uh, Ty Majeski tried to make a four wide going down the back stretch, and that was not going to work. I don't know if y'all saw that. Uh, you watch it after the episode, it was pretty bad. But Ryan Priest won it for the second year in a row. Uh, silly season kind of ramped up a bit. Uh, Martin Trix Jr. announced with basically three words i'm coming back uh he will be back for jgr for 2023 and ricky stenhouse jr got a multi-year extension with jtg daughtery for next season i guess that confirms the rumor that jtg was pulling out no they're not 
Um, Savage, what do you think we might see going forward for the remainder of silly season? I mean, we've not heard an announcement for the 10. We've not heard anything on Kyle Busch. Um, I mean, I've been saying this for a little while. Noah Gragson's pretty much, I believe, cup ready in Xfinity. What do you think we, we might see going forward? Well, I mean, they don't have a manufacturer. So, that is true. Forward Toyota. Now they have teams they can go with, and I think they need to get another car. I think, but now with this car, they can have a second car, and I think that will help them out. Well, you go forward, you know, you got Stuart Haas, I was, uh, engine, all that. You got Chevy, you got EC8 or whatever. Um, RCR, yeah, combination, Toyota, Toyota. So, like, you really got me back. It's just, Chevy's, I think, the back. And that's the problem is the Chevy's. And here. Well, <laughs> uh, track house. I would, I mean, yeah. yeah. It, I, it, it depends if, tra- I mean, that would have to be him. That would have to be Trackhouse, which I don't see happening. That would have to be Trackhouse expanding because Suarez and Chastain aren't going anywhere anytime soon. No. Oh, well, they, I mean, the but, 91 is going to be used as pretty much part time and it won't be a chartered. Um, and oh, by the way, I don't know what the charter price is going to be, but uh, it's probably going to be what Diddy paid what it was, it was 11, 13 million. Yeah, it was high, it was re- very, very high. Um, Wyoming, I'm sure you've had this thought about where's Kyle Bush going? Is he saying a uh, JGR? Is he maybe going to Stuart Haas? What do you think? Um, I'm not sure I see Kyle at Stuart Haas. I think this, I think Kyle's either going to be in the 18 or nowhere. I'm not sure I see him. Dri- I, I can't foresee him driving anywhere that's not uh Gibbs, and I, I, I imagine this right. I, I mean, Kyle's good with the team. Gibbs has said that. Everyone said, like, he's good for, like, te- like marketing with the team. He's good with sponsors. But the other thing, too, Kyle, was, I mean, he said this. We all know this. He's not going to want to drive anywhere that, where he can't win races and win a championship. He's not going to leave. He's not going to leave Gibbs to go join a midfield team. And I'm not sure if that's ex- – I'm, I'm not exactly sure if that's what – you know, Stuart Haas is right now. But the bigger thing, too, I'm not exactly sure he'd want to go to Stuart Haas and walk into what's essentially Kevin Harvick's team. Um, I, I, and I think, too, if Kyle Busch, I don't, I don't, it depends, too, because like he, for as good as he's been, he still doesn't always exactly sound like he's enjoying himself on the radio. And you could argue, well, that's Kyle Bush, period. He's never yeah. happy on the radio. But I think this I still am gonna go, especially with where Ty Gibbs is at. I I still feel like Kyle Bush retiring is I, okay. I think by far most likely scenario is he and Gibbs get a deal worked out, especially if he does have a sponsor lined up that they claim he does. But I still think I think this I think the second most likely option if he's not at Gibbs is he retires. Um but my my yeah. silly season thoughts I think it's gonna be Truex and Gib Truex and Kyle Bush in the eighteen and nineteen. I think Gibbs 
is going to stay in Xfinity for at least another year. Um, I'm going to say this. I believe that the 16 at Colleague will still stay as like a revolving door. I believe that Noah Gragson will replace Ty Dillon in the 42 Petty GMS car, and that car will be full-time. And I think they'll become like closer to Hendrick. And I think I because there's not like an obvious Ford driver to come up at the moment. No. I am gonna I'm gonna call it right now. I think they just I'm not I don't know what they'll do. I think uh maybe they make the 10 part time, but I think Stuart Haas downsizes to three cars. I um behind him he's got big behind him. Stuart behind him. So if that tends over give him a chance again and way better I think it depends of kind of sort of what Tony Stewart wants to do. If he wants to put a stopgap there, then yeah, you put Priest in. But I think if you can get Noah in that car and you can have the next five years, why not? I mean, you... I mean, yeah, that's the thing. He wasn't, but he was with KBM and Toyota, though. Uh, no, that's... no one saw Harrison Burt. No one saw that, Harrison Burton leaving Toyota and look where that he is. Well, I mean, I'm sorry if I was Stuart Haas Racing. <laughs> Riley Herbs is in a 98 Xfinity car, and I have no clue why. Uh, they have no one in their pipeline. If you're gonna gonna have Priest in that car, I would honestly go after Noah. Um, where do you, how about this? Where do you guys think? No, do you guys? Because again, I can't imagine he might, but I can't imagine Noah staying in a. Xfinity for another year. Where do you guys think he ends up? Because it's not going to be Hendrick. So, no, yeah, no, I think if he's not going to be a Hendrick, it, I mean, I, I, I think he has to leave Chevy Camp. I think he's ready to leave. I think he's ready to be in Cup. And, you know, th- yeah, you mentioned all doors are closed at Hendrick. RCR, they're too busy trying to keep Tyler Reddick. <laughs> The only unless colleague becomes a 16 full time operation for Gragson, but then again, if you're Gragson, if if it comes knocking on the door, you take the SAR option over there, over the colleague, uh, colleague option. I'm just going to be generally honest, and I'm a colleague fan, but I would say that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I would, yeah, I think you should really consider it. Um, because I, I mean, as you mentioned, Harrison, we didn't think Harrison would leave the Toyota camp, and then where's he at? He's in the 21. So that's Toyota what I think. Toyota has give tricks, Hamlin, and yeah. all secured. Yeah, all secured. Insecure. How many years? Like, how are you supposed to bring up drivers when there's four cars that? Never lose their ride. Like, no, well, I, I mean, there was a thought that Truex might retire. Either. Yeah, but I you think don't know how much Truex had the same year. The sooner, and the soonest, the, the the closest option. Like, the, I, I'm going to say this right now. The because there's only two Toyota teams. The first, the first Toyota that's going to open up for anyone is going to be the 45. I wouldn't go that far. I think Kurt oh, Kurt's still oh, no, competitive. I, yeah, <laughs> that's true. They probably get cheaper. I think. Uh, that, that could be an option. Hamlin, you gotta think about Hamlin. Yeah, he yeah he might start going to the ownership side of it. So, like, the yeah, but far 
his millions and millions of like it's chip change to him at this point. Like Joe gets backing life. I don't back like yep. and somebody else has to come with him. Yeah, so I'm just going to cover off the uh, other news in racing real quick before we get to the hockey segment. Um, this week, it, sound, it sounds like that Chip Ganassi Racing on the IndyCar side of things will hold serve on the driver lineup. I think the only tweak would be Jimmy Johnson just doing ovals next year. Uh, I don't know if that means a 48 is just going to be part-time with Jimmy Johnson doing ovals or if they're going to bring someone else to do the road courses. Uh, and then the other one, this has actually made me kind of happy, but still kind of nervous. After rumors suggesting that AJ Fort Racing might have to downsize the one car for Mid-Ohio, with Rocket not being up to date on payments, Foyt will have all three cars at Mid-Ohio. Uh, they will have Dalton Kellett, who isn't sponsored by Rocket. Uh, I forgot who he's sponsored by, but uh, we move. Uh, but Tatiana Cotteron and Kyle Kirkwood are sponsored by Rocket. Um, I really hope that doesn't change, and I hope all three cars can stay on for the rest of the year. Uh, now to the hockey segment. Stanley Cup championship finals sorry uh ended last sunday with avalanche winning four games to two Connor mcdavid gets his first wing i believe it's the avalanche's first championship since 2002 and the lightning it's mckinnon is it mckinnon i am i am sorry yeah, I don't know it's, not, I it's, it's all good it's all good it's all good okay that's right that's right um that kid's a beast though uh both of them are um but if we're going to talk a little bit just our hockey passions or thoughts with too our bad they have teams, nothing else. Well, <laughs> hey, uh, I can't say anything when it comes to my team at the moment. Um, at least we have <laughs> you a goalie. Have, you have Jake Ottinger. I like I said, at least we have a goalie. But Savage, you are. Uh, I'll let you have the floor. Um, you're a Canucks fan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, how about it? Poor guy. Uh, and, hey, hey, we've created great players here. Don't get me wrong here. But yeah, I'm I was kidding. I'm kidding, Gal. Well, I know you're kind of But, um, okay. It's very long. I was born a Canucks fan. Uh, my favorite player. Got a beautiful jersey in my. Um, Honestly, some amazing players very amazing teams we've just been these last couple seasons we're starting to be like the Oilers you know it was rebuild time and we're uh, finally building a team that is <laughs> making a playoffs like we're pretty good when and we just won. We started to win. The team wanted to be there. And you know what? Like, I would like to talk. But I also want to talk about the. Thing. Yep. That's pretty special because like it, the touch. Five months before they retired, I got hockey. The last home game of the season. No, it was their last. Ever. 
And uh, it was it was pretty cool to be in there. And every commercial, we were clapping and cheering. There's always going on, like so special because they scored from each other to Edler. Like it was the perfect for them. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. And they deserve it, like too. Like they all. They, yeah. uh, they don't do some crappy for sure, but um, I, I'm i excited too because Pat is looking better and we got everybody signed up that we want. And uh, I think uh, I, I see a May 7th, but we just the playoffs. We'll see. Uh, you know, case season. Really, like, something I think that most teams, like mine, are struggling with is Colton. I've been down that road. <laughs> you see the order? Uh, He's a great goaltender, but he bounced. Or, yeah. Calgary. Demko has been impressed. He does. We don't really have a backup. That's the problem. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Well, Wyoming, uh, uh, how about you? Um, uh, speaking of, well, the Hall of Fame, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a Carolina Hurricanes fan. Um, comes with the territory of living in North Carolina and going to college at NC State. But... Um, I was happy that the Sedin twins got into the Hall of Fame because they definitely deserve it. What did not make me very happy is that Brenda Moore was left out again. But um, because and I mean, like the thing with the Hall of Fame is, I mean, he I on one I mean, setting aside everything he's done for a player as a coach, he turned Carolina from I mean. Consider where they were from right after their Stanley Cup up until 2017. Carolina was a joke. I mean, they were a pun- they were a punchline. No one would show up to their games. People would always use like they were for about ten years the hot like the bet on if you were going to bet on who's going to be the next NHL team to move, it was going to be them. He comes in and Carolina's gone went from a joke to a consistent like a team that's made the playoffs every single year. So I feel like it if you want to look at what he's done, not just as a player, but for like his team, I feel like he's qualified, but I get it. Being in the hall uh, of fame, isn't supposed to be something you just give out to anybody. But I mean, when you talk about Brandon Murrow, um, he played for, for us for the late two thousands, like him and Mike Madonna. And like, I think we made it, we made it to the Western conference finals against uh, Detroit. Like he was on that team. So yeah, uh, I've seen him as a player. I did not realize he was y'all's heads coach. Yeah. Brenda Moore. I mean, people like, um, like I said, Brenda Moore was Carolina's head coach. Um, he won the Jack Adams award last year, but for Carolina, um, uh, another year where they go out in the second round, which uh, to be fair, that is better than most teams have it. But I think for Carolina, um, looking at their last four playoff losses, they lost to Boston twice uh, and Tampa Bay before this year. 
not obviously it sucks whenever you lose yeah. in the playoffs but looking at those three series those were never even though carolina had home ice against tampa last year none of those series were like series where people were terribly surprised that carolina lost i mean boston tampa bay they were definitely the better teams carol it's not like carolina got swept. well i guess they did get swept by boston that one time but they put up a fight this year against new york was a bit of a different story I'm aware that Shesterkin's a beast. I mean, the dude w- was best goalie in the league all year. Definitely wor- definitely deserving of the Vesna, and he is the reason New York got as far as they did. But this is was the first year as a Carolina fan. It really felt like they lost the series where they were the better team. Do I think they would have beaten Tampa in an Eastern Conference final? Probably not, but I definitely think they should have beaten New York. It was – it's. I mean – um, oh, Wavy's gone. But it is depressing, too, when in a game seven, your team just comes out and lays an egg, and that's exactly what happened this year. But for Carolina, I still think they have pretty much all the pieces I still think they need. They have a, one of the deepest teams in the league. They have good special teams. Well, they had good special teams, and I'll get on that in a second. Um, they have – I would I think it's – fair to say they have a top three defense in the league uh but they there's two there's a couple two all three but there's two problems carolina has uh one their goaltending frederick anderson is fantastic when he's healthy but the dude cannot stay healthy (laughs) um (laughs) i mean there's a reason he got vesna votes even though he missed the last like month of the year he was just that good but the dude can't stay healthy like I said, Ronto was a good story, but he showed in the playoffs that he, he's a backup. He's not a guy you want starting for you every single time. Um, it's going to be really hard, I think, for Carolina to win a Stanley Cup, which, which let's be fair, for the fan base, for the team, that's what the goal is. The goal is to win a, like, the goal is to win a Stanley Cup. If they don't win a championship in the next five, six years, it's going to get looked at as a disappointment. Um, sure, they're not the flashiest team in the NFL, but they have everything that you need to win a, win a Stanley Cup. Um, so, but it's going to be hard to with goalies that you're worried are getting hurt every single like the goalies that you're worried about their health constantly. Uh, two, and it's weird to say this because usually you think teams that have this don't go far in the list, but Carolina, I almost think, needs a pure goal score. Like they need somebody there who is only there to score goals. Like they need to add more firepower to their team. And then the last thing, and I don't really know what the answer is for this. Um, maybe it's just because they're still a relatively young team and then, then they'll get used to this eventually. But the last couple of years too, Carolina has been playing their worst hockey they had all year at the end of the year and in the playoffs. I don't know. And I'll be honest. I don't know how they fix that, but I, I still can't be too upset because, again, I I think they're going to finish second in their division to New York next year. I still think they're going to be ha- – I still think they're going to have home ice in the first round, and I still think they're going to have, a, by all accounts, probably be up there as one of the five to eight best records in the league next year. How many teams can say that? And I, too, as an NC State student, have had the privilege of going to a few hockey games. In fact, I went to a Red Wings game with my dad in April – and it was the first time I ever got seats really close to the action. So that was great. But um, I guess we'll have – for Carolina, it's I guess we'll have to see. Um, towards the future, that's how I feel, right? 
they're a good team, but the goal is to win a Stanley Cup. The recent example I'm going to use is San Jose. It doesn't matter how many great seasons you have. If yep. you don't win the Stanley Cup, I don't want to it say does, none of it matter. It does. It doesn't matter. It doesn't ask, matter. Ask, ask the St. Louis Blues until a couple years ago. Yeah. And the heck, look at them from the late 2000s, early 2010s. If Wavy gets back, he can say the same thing about Vancouver. Yeah, well, unfortunately, uh, Savage's Wi-Fi took a dump. Uh, okay, well, so. the, the one positive to that is now people can't – now you two can't only crap on me for bad Wi-Fi. But. Well, uh, for, for whatever reason, you kept like going in and out for 10 minutes, so I kept having to change screens. I am so uh, sorry about that. Oh, anyway, it's yeah, fine. That's what um, I got to say about Carolina. People, people give Hurricanes fans a bad rap because they only show up when the team is good, but – Almost any uh, team in the South or the West does the same thing. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like, let me compare it to because you know, one of my best friends is a huge Oilers fan, so Thank he was God. stoked about this year. But um, I thought you were gonna say the Stars. <laughs> no, here's an example about what um he and I were saying. Right in Raleigh, in the middle of winter, it's still 50, 60 degrees. You can go out and do whatever you want. Like, there's plenty to do. Contrast that with Edmonton, for example. In Edmonton in the winter, there is nothing to do but follow hockey. So, like, there's a big difference for teams in the South and out West where it's harder for people to play hockey themselves because it doesn't get as cold and there's more to do. Like, yeah. Of course, their their fans aren't quote unquote as loyal because, like, there's more, like, those towns don't only revolve around hockey i guess so uh, yeah no and i live in one of those towns um, <laughs> my my final note i'm gonna say hurricanes fans are crazy they're great and i've been to um like i've seen other games i've had no people who have, i've never been to anything that wasn't hurricanes game but from people i know who have been to both hurricanes games and other games like people have said that like when the t- when the hurricanes are good, the atmosphere in there is as electric and as intimidating as anywhere in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I can relate because I live in one of those cities in Dallas, and it's not to take a shot at the stars or the fan base. I mean, let's be fa- let's be honest here. What's going on in the fall and in the winter? You got the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, by the way. Uh, you got the Dallas Mavericks and you got Luka Doncic and before then you had Dirk Nowitzki. And that, that's just it, how it, it is. Like it's it's, it's, it's how it's not, it is. And it's not as big a deal culturally in the South. That doesn't no, mean fans are worse. It's just not as big a deal. I would say come playoff time or when we're in that discussion, I mean, absolutely. We're, we're front page center. I will say, though, 20 years ago when we were on our Stanley Cup high, um, I remember when he won Stanley Cup in 99. We won that at 1.30 in the morning against the Buffalo Sabres. It was quite controversial. Maybe the Sabres the- are right. You know, the Brett Holes skate was in the uh, crease. Probably was. But we move. <laughs> we move. We move. My biggest thing with the, with the Stars is we've never had a complete team. And I want to say in a long, long time. That Stanley Cup team was a complete team. It had, back in the day, defensemen like a Darren Hatcher. You had scores like a Mike Badano, like a Joe Nemechek, good defensemen like a Sergei Zubov. Daryl Sador was a good slasher. Uh, Eddie Belfort was a fantastic goalie. Um, but, like, we always had, like, we had Brandon Morrow in the late 2000s. We had Madonna, Marty Turco was a really good goalie. 
But like since then, when we were the number one seed in the West, we had the best offense in the West because we had to have the best offense in the West because our goaltending of uh, Kari Leitinen and Anton uh, Niemi was horrible. We had to score three goals a game because we gave up two every game. Um, and then, you know, this kind of past run, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Jake Otten, right? Yeah, that's the exact opposite of where the stars are now. Yeah, Jake, I mean, I'm glad we found him. And he started pretty much the second half of the year because Ben Bishop, after his injury that he had prior to the bubble 2020 uh, playoff thing, which, you know, that was a whole lightning in a bottle right there. Like, that was Hudobin playing out of his mind as a goalie. And I really think that was BJ or uh, 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 Jamie Ben. I don't know why I said, oh, I know why, because of USC. Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, like, they are not what they used to be. And we're kind of in this period where we got some young players like Jay Gautner, like Amir Haskinen who's a really good young defenseman. We got, you know, um, trying to bring up the stats of our guys here. I had it in front of me. Uh, you know, Pavelski, Robertson, Hintz, uh, those are our top three point scorers. And then, you know, Klingberg, he's been rumored to be trading, you know, as of late. But, you know, Jamie Benn plays 82 games and he only scores 46 points and he only scores 18 goals. And, you know, nothing against, you know, guys just get old, but, we need kind of an influence of or influx of young talent versus these veterans that we have, plus a Jake Ottner that hopefully can be like this going forward. Because you know, we played the uh, the Flames in the round first round, and I think Ottner only gave up seven goals the entire series. We just literally had no offense, we couldn't do anything. Um, hopefully, bring in Peter DeBoer, who was recently fired by the. Las Vegas Knights would be a good hire for us. Nothing gets Rick bonus. This was not his team. Uh, you have to kind of go back a little bit, Wyoming. You know, this was kind of sort of uh, Jim Montgomery's team. And then he got fired for transgressions. Uh, I think, you know, maybe parting too hard was what he was alleged. That might be a polite way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, let's just say when that headline hit, we all were like, what the heck did we miss here? Rick Bonus, fantastic coach. He did what he had to do in the bubble to get us to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's probably why he stayed on to last year and to, well, the last two years. Uh, but he was never going to be the answer. Uh, we've cleaned house from a coaching point of view, except the goaltending coach he stayed on. You know, I, I think we can take that next step if, you know, we get some offense that can, you know, come, you know, compliment Jake Ottner because we've seen it. Hockey is the one of the only sports as a team sport. Your goalie could average only giving up half a, a goal, you know, like a, just remember uh, John Jaguar from the Anaheim Ducks, like in the middle 2000s. The Ducks lost. The Stanley Cup, the Detroit Red Wings, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was the Penguins. I can't remember who. And he won the con Smike as the losing goalie. Like, that's how good he was. Like, you could win the Stanley Cup by having a goalie that can literally stand on his head and just be a wall. It's, I can't think of any other sport that can. You can have a basketball player drop 30 points per game, but if he's got no support, that's not going to go very far. 
yeah, you can have an offense in the NFL that can score, you know, 30 points. But if your defense is horrible, that's not going to go very far. Hockey's the only one sport where you can literally have one guy, that one guy be a wall and just basically affect the championship and affect the Stanley Cup finals because of that one aspect. And hopefully we don't have to have that with Jake Honor. Hopefully we can give him some more support. We need to be better in the power plays, but um, we'll see. Yeah. I have, in fact, I have the numbers for the Calgary series. He gave, okay, so game one, Calgary wins one nothing. He holds yeah. the Flames to one goal, but they can't score. Game two, Dallas wins two nothing. They only mm-hmm. score two goals. That's good enough to win. Yeah. Game three, they win four to two. Okay, cool. Game three, he didn't have to do everything himself. Game four, Calgary wins four to one. That's like his one eh, game. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was game, a pretty. Yeah, especially since it was in Dallas. Game five, Calgary wins three to one, only scored one goal. Game four, again, Dallas wins four two. He doesn't have to do anything himself. And then game seven, Calgary won three to two in overtime. But then people don't really remember this about that game seven. Uh, for starters, it was in Calgary. But secondly, too, if you go back and actually look at that game, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can find the stat right here. In that game seven, Dallas had 28 shots on goal. Calgary had 67. The fact yeah, that it yeah. was three to two is a miracle because that game probably should have been like six or seven to two. Well, if you look at what happened in the following round of Calgary, I actually absolutely agree because it wasn't just game seven. That whole series, Otner had a he had a bunch of pucks coming right at him, and he did a fantastic job only giving up the amount that you just said. Um, it was you know, like 10, 12, which in a seven game series, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, when he's getting 40, 45 shots a game at him, I mean, uh, yeah. and you know, this kid's young. I mean, he really kind of burst on the scene second half of the year because, you know, Ben Bishop never recovered from his injury that he had prior to COVID, uh, the bubble series, uh, Ben Holby was not what we signed up for what he was. We, we thought he could deliver. Antoine Hudobin really liked the guy, really did a great job in the bubble uh, playoff run. He wasn't really going to be the answer going forward, in my opinion. Um, I, I will say this about Dallas, and I say this mostly, but not completely as a joke. Watching them beat Edmonton, what was it, 9-6 to six in game one, and then just melt into a puddle the rest of the series. Taking Calgary to seven games went from looking heroic to looking at in like a week. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was, yeah. I, and I watched that going, and then I thought, like, okay, I hope you watching this series makes you really appreciate Jake Ottner and what he did, because look at what's going on now. Um, well, like I said, unfortunately, we lost we lost uh, Savage, uh, his Wi-Fi, his hotspot. Well, now is a cold spot, unfortunately. Um, we'll move to the closing topic. I like to get bored uh, at night, and I might have an alcoholic beverage while I do this. And uh, be, care- be careful how you finish that sentence. Uh, no, uh, it's it's you can have an alcoholic beverage. It's okay, or an adult beverage. Um, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just no. saying, be careful where you go after that. No, just I'll just go on YouTube. Uh, and what I found is um, I sent you this link because I've never seen it before. Uh, it was filmed in 2005 of F-18 Navy pilots taking off of an aircraft carrier that was pitching deck, meaning the aircraft carrier was going through 20, 25 foot seas, 
And oh, by the way, you have to take off on this carrier and hope I land on it. Landing on an aircraft carrier, from what I've been told, and, and I've actually tried on flight simulator, <laughs> it's the hardest thing to do in probably military, you know, naval combat or just any, you know, as a pilot. Oh, by the oh, way, th- that thing's moving now 20 feet <laughs> up and down. Up which and made down. Me, which made me think, what do you think is the hardest thing a driver has to do on four wheels in racing? It could be any form, any race, any, you know, qualifying session, race session, whatever. What do you think it is? There's a lot. Um, and this is going to be oddly specific, but after thinking about this a bit, the answer I'm going to say for this is I think, and this is, again, this is going to be, this is going to be specific, but um, I'll justify it and explain why in a second. If you are in the lead of a race with a handful of laps to go and you have somebody behind you, second place, who is without question significantly faster than you, and you are on a large track, holding them off, I think, is the hardest thing you can do. And I'll explain what I mean by that, right? For starters, when you've got a win on the line, you're in the lead, and second place is definitely faster than you, and you've got to fend them off. Uh, I mean, that in and of alone is what it's saying. I mean, all that pressure, you're probably exhausted by going through the entire race at that point. And you've got, to be, that. you've got to be more focused than you've been all race to hold off somebody who is definitely quicker. than. I mean, you slip up and have a gap like gaff once and just leave something easy open. They're gone and the race is over. But the reason I'm going to say a big track specifically is if you're on a short track or on a road course, it is significant. Well, it is considerably easier to sort of just hog the hog the racing line hog the preferred line make their job that much harder yeah Um, and then they'll move you well not always not always Uh, but you leave the door open you leave the door open for that you do you do but um remember and uh remember an indy car in f1 you breathe on someone else's car too hard and you get a penalty so uh and but i digress that's not what i'm talking about but you're on a big track Uh, like a track that's wide open multiple lanes there's no just hold it in one spot and you're probably and you cut off every other option they have but to run into you if you're on a track with multiple lanes they can go wherever that well maybe not wherever but they have multiple ways to get around you so you have to be actively like looking and reacting at what the person behind you is doing um so let me use nascar as an example you're at a track like uh like a Michigan or a Fontana or a Vegas or something like that. Like holding a, a car off or a Kansas, well, dirty air, but at or a Kansas or something or a Chicago land back when you race there and you're in the lead and the car behind you is two to three tenths faster a lap than you. That is significantly different than if you're at like a Sonoma or a Bristol, because like, sure they can bump you, but I mean, most drivers would still prefer to just fly past you if they could do that, but they can't at those tracks. No. Um, and again, I could, I, 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 I agree to kind of your reference of trying to hold someone off. Uh, when I had to hold off Catra at Homestead, I mean, I was kind of shaking for a bit. Like my nerves were shot because I knew I mean, if I made one mistake, if I made one mistake, I am done. <laughs> Homestead, but, too. I mean, Homestead's yeah. not one of those tracks where you can just hold one line and no. you're good. You can go high um, low in the middle. I, I, 
So I, I'll watch, if I had to think about it, it would be doing, trying to get Paul at Monaco. If you make oh, one God, mistake, yeah. if you make one mistake, you're in the barrier. Um, Katra did as well as Ethan and who was the other driver? Bailey. We did Bathurst. I didn't drive. Um, we just kind of set it up. I did a lap there after she talked about that. Yes, last week. And driving there in the night with just your headlights. Oh, my. You can't make one mistake or you're dead. And I mean, by I mean, you crash out like that's like this is pretty intense. And you're in a GT car. I mean, which I mean, we could say it's similar to a next gen car. Kind of. It's an Australian V8 cars. And which is what the next gen is kind of tailored off. I compared it to those two a little bit. That or um, we haven't had this in a long time. Well, we've seen flashes of it. Uh, Alonzo 2018 uh, or Hinchcliffe 2018, Alonzo 2019. Back in the day when bump day was a thing and for you having to get in the field, you had to go flat out with a car that's fully trimmed. And oh, by the way, you're the last guy out and it's all or nothing. nothing. That guy. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, mean, because no. it's either you're in the race or you're probably going to crash out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, there's that's a hard one to pick because yeah. what the I mean, what the hardest thing to do in racing is subjective, but and and no me obviously in no means are we trying to compare it. To oh heck the Navy, no! It's a, no. it's like it's a, no like when you see it though, like because I saw the video too, and that's what I've heard too is like. Taking off and landing a plane alone is extremely difficult. I mean, anyone who's ever been on a plane is aware that the most dangerous part of the flight is taking off and landing. But on an aircraft carrier, I was about to say, like on a target that is significantly smaller than a runway on the ground and that's shifted and that is bobbing up and down, like you said, by up to a dozen to two dozen feet at a time. Like, is that I. If there's something that's harder to do as a pilot, I'm not sure what it is. Like that I mean, massive, res- massive respect to anyone who who's, who signs up and volunteers for that. Because, like they were saying, people hit the water, hit the side of the aircraft carrier, and get significantly injured or even tragic cases worse all the time. Yeah. So I have massive respect to anyone who can sign up for that because I I sure as heck couldn't. Like that terrifies me thinking about that. If they said, hey, your choice is to left, land this F-18 and pitching deck at night or you're going to eject, what's your choice? I'm like, can I eject on the side of the ship, please? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, daytime's one thing. Seeing that night, it's like, oh, no, I'm out. I am, I am, I am out. Um, let's close with this and then we'll call it a night. Um, we didn't really touch on Road America. Uh, who's your pick? Who do you think will win the win? Give me Chase a surprise. Elliott. Okay, Chase oh. Elliott. Give, give me, okay. give me, give me a surprise and you might Sleeper take mine. Pick. Sleeper yeah. pick, Christopher Bell. Oh, well, okay. The first name is the same. I'm going to go with Busher again. Oh, Busher. Yeah, that's what you meant when you said you were going to talk about him later. Yeah, I think uh, I know he's not going to have his crew chief for four races because uh, his race Sunday was going well until the wheel literally fell off, um, which that caution flipped everything. You had guys that were not even up front, all of a sudden up front, like Brad Keselowski. Where had he been always? Kurt um, Busch even. Like, he was all right. He wasn't like a top 10 driver. I mean, and then you have guys that screw. Kyle Busch went from – in contention for the win and at minimum a third place finish to what did yeah. he finish like 20th 21st 
Well, the, the Busher one was the one that flipped kind of sort of everything. It's the and pedigree. You know, it's the pedigree uh, curse. Like that. I mean, the, the Josh Balicki one when he blew up going into three. And by the way, that did warrant the caution. Exactly. Um, I know mean, we had this discussion about caution. We're not discussing that one. That was 100% a caution. Um, here's my thing with the whole Kyle Bush thing. He, uh, I think either scenario, you can either stay out and finish second because he was not going to beat Chase Elliott. Who knows? Maybe Chase Elliott gets a better restart. You never know. Or, Kyle Bush is, I, I would argue Kyle Bush is better at restarts than anyone Chase Elliott had to race. So you never know. True. Um, it's just when, by the time when that point of the race happened, I mean, Chase. Was oh, you just... know, he would have, he would have had to have something go his way, but yeah. yeah, you're right. You can, you can stay out and finish probably second at worst top five or what actually happened. Yeah. Um, I, that's why I sometimes hate being an engineer on the F1 side because sometimes you have 30 seconds that will determine what you're going to do for the remaining of the race. Exactly. It's, it's great when it happens. Great. It sucks when it, when it, you know, doesn't go your way or doesn't go as planned. Uh, I've been on both sides when it sucks. Like uh, it sucks. Me, I mean, me and Bailey had that conversation. We had a race like that where I made a decision. He did it. And, you know, it's one thing where like you make a decision that, you know, you affect like in the race, you're driving in it. Okay. That's one thing when you have to sit there and watch someone else take like that result or, you know, get that result, which is painful. They have to get it. You just sit there and watch. It's painful. Like now nah, it sucks. Um, so I'm pretty sure Kyle Busch on, on that one restarts in like those five laps. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Kyle Busch went from second to fourth in points in like five laps. Uh, you probably did, but luckily he has uh, two wins, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, he just has the one at Bristol Dirt. All right, I keep forgetting about Vegas. Um, we don't talk <sighs> let's, about let's, let's, not, let's, not, not. let's just go ahead. Uh, it's unfortunate that Savage uh, lagged out. Um, we had some kind of Wi-Fi internet issues. Uh, so did I. Yeah, I, I have have fun recording this for the podcast, oh, editing this. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of an editing job. We're doing this Tuesday night. You're probably going to get this Wednesday, most likely, people. Uh, I hope you like what y'all hear. Appreciate it. Uh, subscribe. Send us a like. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, shoot me a message. Um, if you have any interest in joining the Reaper Crew League for NASCAR Heat 5 on Xbox, shoot me a message. Uh, we're looking for new drivers. The new season should start at the end. That's the target date. Going to be about 2022 20, races. Going to be racing on uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and most likely Fridays. Uh, trucks being Monday, Xfinity being Wednesday, and we're targeting Friday for Cup, but that's not 100% set in stone. Um, anything you want to close off with, Wyoming? Uh, not really. Just again, thank you for thank you for having me on again. Um, it was fun. It was fun to talk hockey. Um, my uh, most of my family's from Michigan, so they weren't at nearly they weren't nearly as thrilled as the rest of the country was to watch Tampa lose. But um, uh, unlike the well, I guess last are they are Tampa, are they Red Wings fans? Yep, they're Red Wings fans. Yeah, they it's, they've been dormant. They've been dormant for a long time. That's all right. They got their they I, got four they got four cups in eleven years. I don't really think they're I, sleeping on anything. But um, I, I think remember for Colorado, good for them. I mean, Colorado. It's been a while. Been a while. It oh yeah, it has. 
uh, good for the good for the fan base that had to put up with the team being as bad as they were for a couple for a few years back. Again, McKinnon, Landis, Cog, uh, McCarr, even Darcy Kemper. Like, there's a lot of players in Colorado that I think deserve a ring and their their name etched on the cup. So it's good for them. Yeah, um, I mean, we're, I've seen it as a Stars fan. We had our lull. Um, but I remember back in the late '90s, there were like you had to get through either St. Louis, Colorado, or Detroit. And then you would meet whoever would be in the Eastern, you know, conference. And to be honest, the Eastern conference was kind of like, good luck. You're basically, you're facing, it's just, it was so crazy how like as a stars fans, like every year was like Detroit, we had to get through or, or, you know, after that was Colorado. It's like, it's like, there was never like, can we just have it the, easy, please? Yeah, I was to say the one team, the one team from the East that was a significant challenge for them at the time was New Jersey. Other than yeah. that, it was basically like, all right, which team is going to lose to Detroit or Colorado this year? Like New Jersey was the only team that provided a consistent challenge and could win a few cups in that time frame. Um, you know, Martin Medore is a really good goalie, and uh, that's all uh, I'm going to say about that. Exactly. Uh, Patrick Wall was a really good goalie too. Uh, that's my shot right there. Is uh, I like the Devils. Only like Martin Bedour, uh, Scott Stevens. Yeah, a little dirty. Just, just, just a little dirty. Just, just don't say it. But I mean, it is what it is. But uh, I appreciate you jumping on this. Um, unfortunately, we lost Savage. Uh, you guys, y'all have a good rest of y'all's work week, school week. Oh no, wait, y'all don't have school. So enjoy y'all's summer. Happy Fourth uh, of July, everyone. Yeah, Happy Fourth of July. Um, probably gonna have it on monday gonna talk to ron and uh wavy uh wavy's doing his uh, iRacing racing league so we'll talk to him about that i tried to have a go there last night and then um i smelled smoke and there was a, a house fire near me um so yeah that that was unfortunate but i had to stop in the race and see what the heck that was about uh and ron he's been on here uh before the daytona 500 or maybe after it but uh yeah looking while. It's been a while. Uh, Wavy went to the IndyCar Road America race. Thoroughly enjoyed that. And I believe he's going to the NASCAR Road course race at Road America and what potentially could be the last one. I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, But anyways, y'all have a good night. Appreciate it. Goodbye.